The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. The Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple, he found those who were selling oxen and sheep and pigeons, and the money changers at their business. And making a whip of cords, he drove them all with sheep and oxen out of the temple. And he poured out the coins of the money changers and overturned their tables. And he told those who sold the pigeons, take these things away. You shall not make my father's house a house of trade. His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews said to him, what sign have you to show us for doing this? Jesus answered, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. The Jews then said, It has taken forty-six years to build this temple, and will you raise it up in three days? But he spoke of the temple of his body. When, therefore, he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the scripture, then the word which Jesus had spoken. The Gospel of the Lord. So as a church, we celebrate today the dedication of the Lateran Basilica. If you've ever had the privilege of being in Rome and going to visit, obviously it's an extraordinarily, extraordinarily beautiful uh, church. And so you have um, the relics there of uh, St. John the Evangelist and St. John the Baptist. You also then have uh, uh, just the beauty itself of the structure. And we know it's also it's where the, it is the cathedral of Rome. It's where the, the Pope's uh, chair of authority sits uh, for his own diocese, the diocese of of Rome, and so it is this kind of central church of the of the entire church, and so the whole church celebrates the dedication of the Lateran Basilica, and the readings that we have are very beautiful, which is uh, again they point out the purpose of the temple, and so even in the first reading today, you can see that the um, the the vision that is given uh, to the prophet Ezekiel is a vision of the temple, yes but it's a vision of the temple in terms of its fulfillment. And so what he sees is this outflowing of water that comes from the city, and it is this water that brings life, a river that flows out, that when it eventually enters the sea, what sea is it referencing there? It's obviously heading out towards the east of Jerusalem, so it's not heading out towards the Mediterranean, it's heading out towards the Dead Sea. And so the Dead Sea becomes this image um, of what happens with regards to human effort and what happens with regards to divine effort. And so the Jordan River flows into the Dead Sea. And even though the Jordan River is fresh water, as soon as it enters the Dead Sea, it is dead, right? It is overwhelmed with salt and nothing can live in the Dead Sea. And yet what is spoken of here is this water that flows out of the, sem out of the temple to the sea. And then as soon as its, wa its waters touch the sea, the sea is made clean and fresh. And so it becomes an image for what God does in terms of what we cannot do. And so with the waters that come from God, with the waters that come from Christ, what we cannot do, which is overcome sin, is done in us by the power of God, by these waters which flow forth from the temple. And so it becomes a very beautiful and profound image of the crucified Christ, right? Christ on the cross 
when his heart is pierced, you know that his body is the true temple, the fulfillment. And it is when his heart is pierced then that you have this mystery that Ezekiel sees becomes a reality. And so then Christ on the cross becomes the fulfillment of the vision of the prophet Ezekiel. And so what you have then flowing from the open heart of the temple, which is Christ's body, you have this river of fresh water, which is, again, we know this water and blood which flows from his side becomes then this uh, life-giving spring for the church. It is what then turns the waters clean. It is what makes clean. Whatever it touches is cleansed. And so we know that this water which flows forth from the side of Christ, this water and blood, becomes, as the church says, the source of the church's sacraments and the birth of the church itself. And so it brings life to everything that can have life. It says to all animals that swarm, they all increase in numbers. And so also is that this life-giving power which comes forth from the side of Christ now brings new life in abundance, right? And so it is this fulfillment. Um, and then what we celebrate today, which is obviously the, de the dedication of the Lateran Basilica, it is in a certain sense representative of all the churches that we build throughout the, out the world. And we build churches that we might then contain the true temple himself, which is Christ's body, right? So the churches that we build in terms of our church are built around the true temple, which is Christ, which is his body, blood, soul, and divinity present to us in the Blessed Sacrament. And so that the Blessed Sacrament becomes the beating heart of every single Catholic church throughout the world. And this Blessed Sacrament is what makes, and the Mass, and what happens at the Mass, is what makes our churches holy because they are ordered and centered around that true temple which is Christ himself from whom still those rivers of living water still flow from him in order to bring life in abundance and so again that is what we celebrate today and so what we see then is that the Lord is calling his people in the gospel that the temple must always be used for its proper purpose and end and we must avoid any temptation to turn what is so sacred into anything that can become profane or secular. And so what you see here is that the Lord arrives in Jerusalem. This is at the beginning of John's gospel. This is the first time that he will cleanse the temple. He will do it again at the end of his public ministry when he comes back up into Jerusalem after we know the, um, when his kind of triumphant entry into Jerusalem. This is the first time that he comes in. And he finds that activity in the temple, which, as we've said before, only happened after the exile of the Jewish people from Jerusalem. Because after their exile and when they returned to Jerusalem, we know now that people are coming for the feast, especially for Passover, which is one of the obligatory feasts for the Jewish men. They are coming for Passover. And now, since the exile, a lot of them are coming from very great distances. And so they have to travel a long distance to get to Jerusalem. And so they are unable to bring the animals with them for sacrifice. And so what happened is they started to sell animals there outside the temple, uh, or eventually started outside the city walls, but now it has crept all the way into the temple. And now they are selling animals to those who didn't bring them with them. But then what's also happening is because they are coming from foreign places, they're coming with foreign currencies. And you weren't allowed to use those currencies in the temple. And so what they've done now is they have, they have this exchange, which used to happen now for money. And so this has all become a way of making money uh, instead of being focused on the service and the worship of God. And so they've turned what is a very sacred moment into something that is now 
profane and secular. And so even those things which should be offered to God out of complete generosity of spirit, now they're making a profit off of them before they get offered to God. And so they are benefiting even before God benefits. And so they are taking these things that are supposed to be given to God from a whole, from just a, a complete self-giving, complete self-sacrifice, and they are benefiting as much as they can before these things get to the altar. And so they've completely missed the point of what should be happening. And this is what the Lord, eventually, there are certain points in his public ministry where you can see things reach a line, right? They reach a line, and this is what he will not tolerate. So they've kind of stepped over a line now, and he comes in, and he casts them all out in what St. Thomas calls a miracle. He says, this is a miracle. He says, how can one man with just a thing of cords drive all of these others out of the temple? And St. Thomas says it's a miracle because obviously there was this flash of authority from within God who is present in their midst. And obviously that zeal as it breaks forth causes all of them to shudder, right? As it rightfully should. And so he cleanses the temple of everything that should not be there so that what is offered in sacrifice is offered purely to God. And so then again, this is a foreshadowing of his own sacrifice where he himself with no, with again, this abundant love will be offered in a perfect sacrifice on our behalf. And it is that pure sacrifice that we are able to participate in here at the Mass. It is a completely unblemished sacrifice. It is this sacrifice with pure motivation, pure intention, pure love, because it is God himself who offers himself for us and for our sakes. And so this is always what we need to keep at central in terms of our worship and, our, uh, and in terms of our temple worship as we worship Christ himself, which is that we, again, keep these kind of secular and profane, profane things not only out of the church, but more importantly, out of our own interior. Because mysteriously, because of the presence of the Holy Spirit, we all become temples of God. And so the Lord has the same zeal for us as he has for that temple, right? We are temples of his Holy Spirit. And so he wants driven out from us all of these things which need to be driven out. We pray that in his grace and in his mercy, he will do that in us so that the Lord will find in us truly a house of prayer and a house that is at prayer. Amen. <laughs>